everybody, this is John with Out of Character, and today we're doing a GM tip. Um, this is something that I think is interesting to do, and I'm sorry if some people find it boring. I've been watching a lot of um, Star Trek The Next Generation in preparation for a game that I'm going to be running. We will be playing the Star Trek Next Generation role-playing game from Unicorn this weekend. I'm excited about it. It's the first time I've played it. It's honestly the first time I've played any Star Trek role-playing game. Um, and the thing that I wanted to talk about today is how do you make a ship feel special like it's like it has a personality in a role-playing game and what I'm talking about here is not necessarily starships you do have a lot of starships that fit in that category you have like like the the enterprise all of the each and each incarnation of the enterprise has its own feeling you know you have like the original enterprise from the original Star Trek series you have the enterprise from the next generation show you have um, you know, uh, you have like Deep Space Nine is not the same as you know the other state, the other space stations that are similarly built by the Cardassians. You have the Defiant. You have um, you know, you have Babylon Five, which there were a ton of Babylon stations, and they all got destroyed horribly, except for Babylon Five, which is the whole premise of the show that it had that interesting. You know, we're the last Babylon station. Uh, you have the Millennium Falcon. You have in you know in fantasy you know there's 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 just a ton of like way there's a ton of these in really famous ships and vehicles and things that you hear and you just go like oh man the millennium falcon or the enterprise or whichever one that you hear and you just go like that's so cool i want to the black pearl you know from uh the, the pirates of the caribbean um any of those so if you if you had a little nerd rush when you heard me say any of those names you know exactly what i'm talking about and the thing that I think you can do to make them feel special is the first thing is you people tend to try to make the ships like really really unique, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like a like good example of uh, an example of doing that is the TARDIS from Doctor Who. There's a, there's only one TARDIS as far as I'm aware, bouncing around the universe at any given time, because Doctor Who is the last of the Time Lords. It's, it's unique. It's unique to him. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to make a, a specialized vehicle or ship for your characters, and one of the traits of it is that it's the only one, there's nothing wrong with that. That's interesting. That can be a, that can be a way to do that. But let's go in a different direction. Let's say, let's, you know, just for the example of this, where you're playing a Star Trek role-playing game, and you are figuring out a way to, you know, get all your guys together on a ship, and you want to you want to make the ship feel special. One of the things is to think of don't think of the ship as a, a vehicle. Think of it as a character. It's a character who can't speak and serves as a backdrop for everything that you do. Give it quirks, you know. Um, give it give it a personality of its own, not an overt personality, but maybe it is an overt personality. Like for example, when you watch the Enterprise shows, pretty much everything works perfectly all the time, except for the holodecks which never, ever work. And I don't know why they don't rip them out of that friggin' ship, because they always break down and just try to kill you. I can't imagine how many people have died in holodecks. It must be a lot. But, um, you know, everything's very sleek and smooth and clean, and things generally don't break down, and when they do, it's, it's you know, there's an engineering crew there to fix it immediately. Let's compare that with Deep Space Nine, where you have Cardassian technology and Federation technology, and things just break constantly. It's uncomfortable. 
every every update and piece of technology they bring into it is a big undulating mass of pain and misery and you just hear Miles O'Brien screaming in the night as he figures out how to get into upper pylon 6 to you know find a self-sealing stem bolt uh, I like Deep Space Nine by the way so you could go with the uh, the idea of a very overt stubborn computer on your ship that doesn't doesn't you know it doesn't take orders well it, it like it, it likes it. it's like like I've been running for 75 years and I like my I like my my chips this way don't don't touch my RAM leave me alone what are you doing I don't touch that plug um, you know a stubborn kind of crotchety old computer system that doesn't update well can be funny it can be interesting a ship that's plagued with breakdowns and things like that can also be entertaining um, at the same time, having a nice ship that's good can be fun too. Uh, for the example of the next generation, the thing that made one of the things that made the Enterprise special was it was one of two galaxy class starships flying around in the early phases. I, I know they built way, way more galaxy class ships. Please don't kill me. Uh, but, but you know, you had the you had the USS Enterprise and the Yamato. Which were the which was its sister ship, and it was the flagship, and it you know flew around and going on missions and doing all the things that made the Enterprise special. Um, and the fact that it was the flagship of the of, of Starfleet that's interesting. That's very cool. Everything that it does kind of has a prestige feeling to it. Now you can't escape from that. You can't ignore it. It's like we you you know, and they'd always mention like you're the we're the flagship. That's pretty cool. You can adapt that to anything. You know, you could be on the flagship of a kingdom of elves, or the flagship of uh, you know dwarves, or and every flagship's going to feel different. A flagship of ha- a half orc of a kingdom of orcs is not going to feel like the flagship of a kingdom of dwarves. They're going to be very, very different, and that's something that you can be like, oh, it would be like this, and it would have this, and be interesting. So you can do a lot of things with that. That's also a cool thing. Um, so how do you like? But how do you give it personality? You know, like how do you when you watch like the movies and the show and stuff? There's always like a self-destruct device on these starships, and when or or they get blown up and they crash on some moon, and there's always that moment of sadness because you see this 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 you know this massive ship just all its bits scattered across a mountainside and the crew's like picking up all their stuff and you know getting ready to be teleported off to the new ship and you're just like oh man the Enterprise is all smashed and you know it's a guess you've watched if you've watched the show for years or you've watched the movies for years then yes it's the sadness of you know it's the the Enterprise is cool or the the Defiant is a cool ship or whichever ship got blown up on any given day of the week in space but it has personality, like, you know, um, give it things that are unique to it. When you think of, like, a, a boat, like a, like a traditional boat, you're probably thinking of a couple of things. Go on, if you, if you ever watch um, the, the Sinbad series that was on BBC recently, they had, uh, they had the ship, I can't remember the name of Sinbad's ship, I'm sorry. I watched the show, but I can't remember it. I know, I know I should be able to, but I can't right now. Um, but the boat wasn't huge. It was, it was like, you know, you had the, the upper deck, the, uh, there's like a little tiny galley, there's like below deck, there's a couple of small rooms. It was nothing impressive. 
which makes sense because it's you know it's a set and they have to keep it reasonably small and manageable so that they can shoot on it. If the entirety of that show had been shot on that boat, I think everyone would have you you, you would have just run out of things to look at eventually. Um, so you know it, you can you can if you're if you're using it, if you don't want to give it a lot of personality and you just want it to be kind of like this is this is the conveyance you can do that. But it's such a waste of a great opportunity, and I'm not accusing the Sinbad show of doing that, but, like, okay, if you get on the boat, and it's like, here's your bunks, here's, uh, you know, there's the captain's cabin, there's the mast, and there's the bilge pumps, and there's a galley, and there's the, you know, that this is it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but let's say that the captain is deeply religious. And he is going to have a shrine to the goddess of the sea on his boat. Now, that's interesting. This is, you know, that that's that's a that's a person that's an element that you will not see on every boat. Um, it kind of makes me think of the Flying Dutchman, to be honest with you, from the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, because you had Davy Jones. A big tentacle monster face and you know he was in there playing on the organ you know but yeah so you have a lot of a lot of little tweaks and things that you can do also establish a history is this ship brand new is this is this you know uh a ship that's been in service for for 75 years and your party is just the the the, the latest in the line of you know the people who accrue it well, what was its history before? Was it a, a slave ship? Was it a, uh, a a trade galley? Was it a pirate ship? What what purpose did it serve? We were talking about um, Sebastian, uh, his character for the uh, his minotaur his minotaur sorcerer for the Dungeons and Dragons game we're doing. Um, he wanted to call a ship the Horned Leviathan, and I was, we were talking about the history of the ship, and we decided that. You know, how did these, this, this ship fall into the hands of these Minotaur mercenaries who were his parents? And what we decided was that it had been a slave ship. It had been, you know, carrying slaves off to go fight and die in some arena somewhere. And there was a, uh, a breakout and they took over the ship and they decided they were going to use it to sail around and, you know, try to be mercenaries and, to, and you know be like you know live the life on the sea live be free and it was it's not an it's not a new idea you know like i mean people taking over a ship and you know will be free go us but it it was interesting it gave it gave it a little spirit and it gave the crew an interesting idea because you know uh, from that we're like okay so you have this hodgepodge of crew members from these guys who had all been taken aboard this ship for various reasons. So we have all these different people from all these walks of life. Um, you can also mess with, like, the uh, the idea of, like, what, what parts of this ship feel like. You know, if you're doing a spaceship and you have, like, you know, you have, like, engineering, that's going to be very different from, say, the medical bay or the... Um, you know, an, an officer's quarters, or the bridge, or whichever other part of the ship you might, you know, give things different feelings, like lay them out differently, describe them, have, have, a, have a picture in your head of, you know, what you want them to be like. 
I'm not normally a huge advocate for planning things as a GM or a dungeon master. In this case, I am. The reason I say that is you should have a clear vision for what is there. You can always add more things. That's where the advocacy for planning stops. If people say like, hey, is there a holodeck on this ship? Well, of course there's a holodeck. It's a Star, it's, it's Star Trek. There's always a holodeck. Um, if they say, well, is there a gymnasium? Maybe, maybe this is not that big of a ship. Maybe they have like a very, maybe they have no gymnasium. Maybe they do. And that's something that you can think of as a, as a player. It gives the ship a little more personality. Um, what, they did a really good job of doing that with Voyager because, but I think that was mostly because just they, they, they anthropomorphized Voyager so much. They, they, that ship was not referred to as a ship and they do that in Star Trek a lot. They very much anthropomorphize those, those tendencies of, of all the, the, the ships and the, the, the Starcraft that they fly around in. And that's kind of something that's unique to the good guys. Uh, the bad guys don't ever do that. They, you know, they you'll you'll see like you know, the Jem Hadar ships, and I guess you don't really see it from their perspective. But even when you're on the bad guy ships, they never seem to do that. Their ships are kind of just they're they're like the horses of bad guys. You kind of assume that they're bad too. You give them that like, oh, it's the Klingon bird of prey. It's it's cool, but it's a bad ship, and it's just like, oh man. So it's interesting to think about it like that, though. I never thought of that. Like when you see like westerns and stuff, and you know the the, the guys are robbing the the stagecoach or whatever. The horses are kind of like I'm like, yeah, those are the bad horses. What do you mean? They have masks on to hide their identities and stuff. So as far as getting back to my original idea here of you know giving personality to ships and things of that nature and and boats and stuff, um, we talked about like you know. Make things give give it unique qualities. Um, don't try to make everything about it unique. Like having a few unique qualities. Like okay, it's the flagship of the of of Starfleet. Interesting. It's one of two ships of this class that are you know have been built and are out in the universe. Okay, interesting. That could be good. That could be bad. It could have sign flaws. It could be. It's really powerful, so other people don't know what its capabilities are yet. Um, it's probably going to have some glitches and things like that. So, uh, what else? Uh, it's, it's got holodecks, which are something that, you know, we, we never had before. Okay, cool. Again, interesting idea. Good, bad. We'll see. Uh, here's where, here's an example of something that is not the Enterprise. Uh, it is built out of indestructible material. No. Here's why I say that. Um... It's, it's built out of super rare ore that we found on this planet, and it can't be destroyed, and it's just going to cruise around and d d destroy everything. Um, that's a bit much to me. That that goes too far. You know, you don't need to have like, oh, the the beams of this ship were carved by the god of the forest, and they are bathed in the moonlight. For 17 years before we are allowed to use them. Again, having interesting elements is a good thing. Going too far with it just makes it feel like this ship is too unique to exist. You you know you want you and that's that's a that's a hard line to dance on. But you, you know use your best judgment. 
having things that make it unique or good, having things that make it impossibly unique are it, it kind of it kind of makes me feel like this ship isn't real. And I know that's stupid because it's a pretend ship, but I think you kind of have to make your players care about the ship, you know? And and you want them to because otherwise they're just going to be like, "Well, our ship's going to blow up. Well, let's let's blow it up. Let's blow it up and just we'll load we'll load the uh, the cargo area with dynamite and we'll sail it at the goblins and it'll blow up and it'll be awesome." And that's fine. But if you're going to if you're going to be like, "We have to save, you know, we 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 have to save the city. How can we do it?" We'll load the cargo hold with gunpowder and just sail it and we'll blow it up and it'll it'll take out all the goblins that are sailing into our bay. That's a great plan. I love it. It's a great cinematic moment. When the ship blows up, I want the players to, you know, and it's like and you see there's just this eruption of fire and a cloud of black smoke billows up into the air and you just hear the roar and you see goblins flying off the decks of their ship, just batting at flames and they just flailing around in the water and you see the mass just crack as the ship sinks down into the black waters, and the you just it splits and the flag and the and the sails just slowly, slowly burn and fall into the water. And I want the party to be sad. I want the party to feel like they've lost a member of the the team of the group. Um, you know, the one that was always there for them when they needed it the most, right to the end. And you can do that. I, I, I really think that it, it adds something. Because a lot of times in games, there's no, there's no personality to those things. It's just kind of like, oh, here's your boat, here's your airship, here's your whatever. And that's fine. You can do it if it's you know, not going to be an ongoing thing. There's no reason to invest a wealth of personality into a boat that you're going to see once. But I think that it's a, I think it's, I think, I think that it's a missed opportunity to really do something that is going to push the investment that your players have in your story and in the narrative of what they're doing with you to the next level, you know? And it's definitely something that there's a lot of really great examples for. Again, watch Star Trek, watch Star Wars, if you, you know, watch any of those shows where they have these, these, these really iconic ships, um, it's harder with boats just because boats are so much more practical, you know? Um, but with starships, it's all theater of the mind, you know? You don't have to really worry about the practicality of why would a warship have a museum for elven art? It just does. Uh, the character, the, the captain likes it, and he has a small area set aside for just elven artwork that he has been given or stolen or bought or, you know, salvaged off other ships, what have you. Now, again, interesting idea. You can do something with it. Play play around with it. Uh, you know, invest your personality into it. What, what kind of character is this ship going to be? Is it going to be a helpful character? Is it going to be unhelpful? <laughs> is it going to be, you know, very warlike and aggressive and just like a warship kind of thing? Um, is it, you know, more of a, a peaceful, you know, protective ship? A ship should not feel like just an axe or a hammer or a shield or any of those things. 
And I think you need to invest personality into some of those things too. But at the same time, for a campaign like, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, so much of those stories takes place in those things that I think that you really need to take the time to sit there and be like, you know, this is not just just another X-Wing fighter or just another Y-Wing or B-Wing or A-Wing or Shuttle Pod or anything like that. Um, I do wish that they gave, like, the fighters' names in the, uh, the Star Wars stuff. I mean, they, they do give them classifications. I don't think they actually give them names, you know, and that was cool because, you know, there, there's something cool about, like, the Delta Flyer versus Shuttle Pod 5. I immediately give the Delta Flyer more personality than any other Shuttle Pod. Uh, you know, the you had, like, from Deep Space Nine, you had, like, the Rio Grande, and uh, I know there were other Shuttle names, but I can't remember. Oh, I'm sorry. But, you know... Like, just, just a little... It's a little puttery, junky shuttle. Very limited capabilities. They didn't spend a lot of time in them. But they had personality. Not a lot. Because, again, less less focus spent on them. But they did have some amount of personality to them. They kind of felt like the halflings of that show. Because they were plucky and inquisitive. And they were always, like, getting into a lot of trouble. And then they'd have to, like, run away really quick. And the big ships would come in and save the day. So names are important. Um, you know, like the the Enterprise, it has that that that, maj- that majestic feeling to it. You know, it's very grandiose and important and classy, and that that makes sense. Um, whereas if you have an airship named the Green Goat, that tells a very different story immediately. Uh, either this person there there's a story behind that name. It has no majesty whatsoever. But I want to know what the story is with the green goat immediately. Especially when I see the solid jade goat with a fishtail that is fixed to the front of the ship and just flailing around, animated. I'm interested. I want to know what's going on with that. Uh, but yeah, that that's just some thoughts on how to inject a little personality into your, your, your starcraft, your boats, your ships, what have you. Um... Hopefully that helps. I'm sorry if it if it's not detailed enough, but those are my thoughts for the week. We will have again. We will have some more actual play stuff for you guys soon. You will get to see my attempts at a starship next week. We are going to be playing the Star Trek Next Generation role playing game, as I said earlier. So I came up with a ship, and you will get to see some of my insight into how I breathe some personality into the ship. So. Let's see if I can do what I told you guys how to do and do it with any kind of flair. So, again, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I will talk to you all soon. Thanks, and goodbye.